I'm Maddie. And I am Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages, a show where normally we review every adaptation of the X-Men, but today we're doing a listener email slash voicemail slash feedback episode, and that's very exciting. Yeah, today we are... We are doing a review of every adaptation of every email we've gotten. <laughs> every email we've ever gotten. Ever. We're going to finally go through them. No, we're not. No, we're not. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power growing in us, both wonderful and strange. The power to care about the X-Men. time we've done this we used to have a listener mail segment on every single episode but but why you know, is it what happened why why aren't we well, doing it every episode now <laughs> we we could i suppose but we're trying to do a weekly podcast right. now oh yeah and that's I really important it might make a little bit more sense if we split the listener mail section up and had it be its own special episode that we would do every few weeks yes, once, yes, we, yes. once we had enough and it was a good idea it was a good idea because in order for well, us let's to not make, speak too soon i know i know let's see yet. what happens let's see what happens <laughs> on this very special episode of reader mail yeah uh, i guess we will take turns and we've gotten a lot of reader mails so i just want to say thank you to all of our listeners who have written in called mm-hmm. and sent physical mail it's been really nice yes. to kind of see it accumulate as quickly as it did because we made this decision maybe two weeks ago so this is a lot already and i'm really thankful and grateful for all the support we're getting right now so i just want to say that before we jump right in yay for our listeners all of them wonderful all of them mutants yeah all every single one of us is a mutant where you're mutants together the brotherhood mm-hmm. of mutants or sisterhood <laughs> depends on who you're following person anyway so i'm going to open it up and i'm just going to take it away with the first email today go for it that was written in by juan and juan writes hello maddie and ryan this is tron hey. <laughs> this is tronitized from twitter just so we know who oh, it cool. is <laughs> i i know i think he has the same <laughs> i know that name <laughs> yeah i think it might be the same profile pic but i may just be moving it like merging things together because i'm getting to that point where i recognize our fans like in, from their email pictures and their profile pictures yeah, yeah whatever probably. social media they're on anyway juan mm-hmm. writes I just finished watching your playthrough of Ravages of Apocalypse, and I wanted to write in and to say that I beat this game on medium difficulty without cheat codes last year. Wow! I saw that you were doing a playthrough of this game on the Mutant Ages channel, and I thought that I should try to get it out myself. I got stuck in almost all of the levels and thought they were badly designed, but I was able to get (laughs) through them because I've played so many ID software games for so long that I know how to get through the combat. I am Mm -hmm. glad that I played this in the end because the setting and the plot of this game is so absurd that it was fun to interact with despite everything else. I mean, you play a cyborg that was made by Magneto to kill X-Men clones created by Mr. Sinister. 
Anyways, <laughs> thank you for all the work and time you all put into making the Mutant Ages, and I really hope that someday a team remake makes a remake of this game. Yeah, that would be kind of cool, actually. It would Maybe be. Maybe Ryan, who the Ryan who was the designer of the game that we interviewed, would spearhead an effort to like remake it and like get Marvel to agree to like actually allow this game to exist. I don't see how it could exist because the X Men's rights are so freaking weird right now. Like I don't <laughs> they know really are. I mean, how a game could exist? I don't even but- know where any things are going where things will land up with the video games because one of the big things that you and i always talk about on this show is how marvel versus capcom was originally just an x-men fighting game called x-men children of the atom that became x-men versus street fighter and that the basis of their even being marvel video games really lies in the fact that we had that x-men fighting game and also the arcade game so it's very strange to like now sit here and be like, oh, we need to make an X-Men video game property that's not like that weird shitty game that was made for the Wii. Yeah, you know? I mean, I I think there's sort of an interesting idea with Ravages of the Apocalypse, even though the story isn't really fully fleshed out in that game. I actually like the idea of Mr. Sinister creating a bunch of evil X-Men clones. It feels like something he would do. Also creating a bunch of weird ass saw levels and like forcing Magneto or a Magneto cyborg or whatever the heck it would be in this rebooted version to like go through all those levels and deal with it. Like there's a cool idea there. There's a version of it that's very in character and very fun. And Ravages of the Apocalypse is just like scratching at that iceberg in terms of what it is portraying because obviously it's very limited by its time and by the team only being paid like $250 per level or whatever the heck it was. It was some <laughs> absurdly low number. Thank you to Ryan for writing in about Ravages of the Apocalypse because yes. that gave us the insight as to what was even happening with the protection of that I game. <laughs> and you know what's sad is I don't think that people who work on video games or game design or video game production get paid that much more than ryan did now like i feel like i know i feel like the video game industry is not unless you're a ceo if you're like a top level ceo then you get to rake it in but if you're just like in the lower levels of it you are really not making an amazing living also i can't believe juan played this game without a cheat code we we tried that first episode we did that congratulations to Juan for doing that because we clearly did not have the patience. I mean, I'm just assuming that he's like a big Quake fan. Oh, what are you talking about? We definitely didn't use any cheat codes whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. We didn't use any cheats. It's definitely not something that we admitted (laughs) to doing on camera over and over again and joked around about. We didn't use any cheats at all. Um, We've never cheated at a video game. (laughs) Certainly not on our YouTube channel. It was really fun to, to beat that game, even though the game itself had its frustrating moments, though. So it's cool to hear from a listener who also beat it, because I think that's the only person so far who's written in and said that they have, right? I, I think so. Uh, I, I think there have been a couple of people that have written in and said they had played it. No, there was somebody else who wrote in and said that they got it for Christmas and they played through it. And they were right. highly disappointed by the game. <laughs> So, yes. I mean, I, would, I, I have a memory of that. Yeah, yeah. I think people Ugh. have played through this game. I think a lot of our listeners and video game players used to have the patience to actually play through a game like this. Well, if it was the only game you had, I mean, I've been uh, there. Especially like, those first person shooters for PCs that were like impossible. I have that. So hard. Oh my God. I have the dark forces Two Star Wars game that I played 
repeatedly i i own it now again on steam and i still haven't finished the game but i'm so much further than i could have gotten back then just because of how the save system works so mm-hmm. so yeah i mean it's definitely nice that now you can just save any time even in a really old game and use like save states and stuff yeah. i don't i don't know it's like crazy to think how back in the day people were just having to like replay the same sections over and over well, until i think they got with those them. old pc games you could have save states but like i don't know i think they also crashed a lot easier than steam will or won't you know so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just a different time yeah totally okay so this email is from someone who is going by mystery man which is a great name um it is. and they write hi maddie and mr sinister hello I like your show <laughs> assorted pleasantries i am listening through the old episodes of your show and i'm listening to the episode about one man's worth you were confused about the time travel and how it works so here is my theory which is probably canon because that is all that makes sense my theory is that there are four types of time travel paradoxes eventualities multiversal and timeline paradoxes is a subset of the others i guess so eventualities work like in the first appearance of Dr. Doom. Anything you do in the past has already happened and you can't really change anything because everything you do creates the timeline that you came from. In that comic, the Fantastic Four had to steal Blackbeard's treasure, but it turns out the thing was Blackbeard. Weird old comics, guys. (laughs) Multiversal is when you go to the past and you change things to create a new universe and you go back to the timeline you came from and you were not in your own past timeline is multiversal but instead of going back to your original universe you go back to the new one that was created which type of time travel you get is based on how the time machine works so in that episode hair dude had a timeline (laughs) machine so that affected everyone in the timeline and the quote we have to get back before the time changes end quote is that in bishop's original timeline hair dude hadn't killed xavier yet but when he does that timeline would change oh is he talking about Oh, wait, wait, wait. Who's, what's the name of that guy? Uh, the green hair. I know, I green know who hair. you're talking about. Oh my green God. Hair. He Don't was wearing a lab him. coat. Yeah. He had like a little butt boy and I think they both ended up not dying in the end. I think how we know the X-Men well enough. We just don't care about him as a character. Fitzy? Was his oh, name it's Fitz- Fitzroy? Yeah, it's Fitzroy. Fitzy? <laughs> I remember because that Fitzy was what his like little oh, butt boy called Oh, that's right. Him, I forgot about that. He was like, yes, master. All right, anyway. Yes. Sorry. Anyway, so Fitzroy is the bad guy in that episode. Um, So I'll go back to this sentence and read it again. Okay, that's a good Which type of time travel you get is based on how the time machine works. So in that episode, Fitzroy had a timeline machine. So that affected everyone in the timeline. And the we have to get back before the time changes is that in Bishop's original timeline, Fitzroy hadn't killed Xavier yet. But when he does that, that timeline would change. Or it's a bunch of bullshit, but it's canon and I don't want it messing with the multiverse. So what do you think? I might know in as soon as a month. <laughs> also, I have an idea for how to get four characters out of the closet. Colossus hears crashing from Eliana's room. <laughs> the email really takes a turn here. Yeah, what? Colossus hears crashing from Eliana's room and calls the X-Men, thinking Eliana is having to deal with some limbo bullshit. But they walk in. It's just Eliana and X-23 getting ready to fuck. Wow. Cue everyone looking over at Logan. Explanations for them not coming out. Eliana didn't think it was important and has bad social skills from growing up in limbo. Laura was helping Gabby figure out her sexuality and realizing she had to figure her shit out too and logan doesn't even need to be confirmed just (laughs) everyone staring at him sorry for the long email anonymous mystery man but the shadows he casts have ribbons sticking out of his back gasp oh wait mr sinister p.s (laughs) which i guess i'm just there's like a there's like a a three sentence p.s yeah okay so here's what that says oh yeah 
Also in the comics, the reason that the apocalypse happens because Xavier is dead is because Xavier was holding off apocalypse in parentheses, the guy. Okay, I yeah. think in the show that happened, but the US military overthrew him, then oppressed the mutants and the mutants rebelled and yeah. Oh. Also in the Sanctuary episodes, they were saying free Genosha. Storm smashed one dam and I don't think all of Genosha would be destroyed. Mr. Sinister got turned into a beach, so he probably would abandon that body and live in a clone <laughs> because you know he has a bunch of in an underground bunker somewhere i am going to continue to correct your mistakes in episodes that you probably don't remember don't worry mr man i remember every single one i know that's because we sit there we usually ask we're like if somebody we wants to write ask, in and we also like question it every step of the way so i'm actually like appreciating this email with like theories of each of to our be weird fair theories. the animated series has a lot of plot holes like a lot it of does. plot holes but i like these explanations so far i'm gonna Me keep too. going um so they write not mr sinister but hey it wouldn't be the weirdest thing to happen presumably referring to themselves here for correcting all these plot holes <laughs> in sanctuary part two you said you did all the original x-men but i don't think you did cyclops no nope. nearly caught up with you so less mistake correcting soon also i do not think mr sinister is gay i think he is bi or pan because he will fuck anyone that's but he probably, probably fucks more guys someone that's with ribbon sticking true. out of their back maybe miss sinister probably not you're right i think we use gay as a shorthand pretty often on this show when what we mean is like queer or uh, that's, like that's uh, true. not straight which is just sort of like a slang term well but. i think it's more of telling of our age because like yeah when we were growing up we're, gay we're men yeah old. gay men queer or trans <laughs> or just gay yeah, like it, you which know. is not good and we should try to be more inclusive and say queer more often because that's really what we mean yeah i know and we, we are working to change that because we do say queer more often and like i said and it's just old. i was gonna say like when you're like past the mid-30s mark we're in our 30s okay yeah. <laughs> we know we know the kids these days use more inclusive language and we love it oh um, yeah we're all for but yeah, it mr sinister i agree actually i don't think he's gay. no i don't I think, think he's gay he's, either he's i think pansexual. he is pansexual because i think he likes to torture everyone and i think mr sinister <laughs> he's also gender fluid and that's canon so like we don't even have to like we, which is funny question that that's all part of mr sinister i know miss sinister's miss sinister is also a separate character but she also sometimes turns into a dude they both do this it's really and mm-hmm. that's why I was so confused for a while because I thought it was one person, but then I was like, no, they're both. Well, there's multiple sinisters. Yeah, there's a in lot of the plurals. So there's like, as many sinisters as there need to be for the story to continue. Listen, whenever we get to playing the Deadpool video game, Mr. Sinister is the an antagonist, and you're just killing all his clones. So I mean, I can't wait. I say that that video game looked terrible to me. So I'm actually, it's gonna be rough because I think that that Deadpool game depicts Deadpool as just being a straight man, right? Which I think I so. Don't know. No, because I remember Cable's involved with it, so probably not. But we'll find out. Well, we'll find out we'll, when we get we'll there. We'll be the judge of that. I feel like I remember a lot of bikini babes in the advertising for that Deadpool game. You did. So, and I was kind of like, why isn't Cable in a bikini? Also, I what do, is why this? isn't he wearing a tiny little thong? Because I would yeah. be like all over that in two seconds. I'm just saying. Okay, we need to talk about this. Yeah, Bishop I was going to say. So first thing. of all, what what version of time travel do you personally? believe in I think and follow mystery man i think mystery man is suggesting that it's the timeline version and that fitzroy used a machine where oh, you could no, go back in yeah, time I, and I change agree the with timeline. that i think that's correct but i mean like when it comes to time travel stories like how would you write it or when you think about time travel what of these three theories do you think you relate to the most because for me it's definitely the first one that he mentioned with dr doom and the whole Blackbeard mm-hmm. thing 
where like everything that you've time traveled into the past and done has already been accounted for in the future. That is kind of the yeah. time travel theory that I have so personally you can't followed. Change anything? Yeah. yeah, that's that definitely creates a fun limitation on the story you can tell, where it's like you always already time traveled, and so it already happened, and and it, you can't actually change anything because it turns out you already time traveled, and there's just one time stream, and anything you try to change already happened in the past anyway. Um, I think that's the way time travel works in the third harry potter book where hermione has the time turner which was a book that always confused me as a kid because i couldn't tell if that was the case or not and so i was always like i don't i don't get like would they were they always gonna save Sirius black or like but i think they were and i remember like th that was the first time like as a kid i was really thinking about how time travel worked in a science fiction story um because and i was like time travel's real yeah because i realized time travel was real in that moment i actually don't think that's my favorite kind of story though i like the timeline version me too which I, I like it if a character actually can change the future using time travel, which is like the back to the future version of it, where like you go back in time, you change some stuff and then you go back to where you think the present was, but everything's different. Yeah. I think that's fun. And that can introduce some really cool storytelling opportunities too, which like those movies like have their dumb moments, but they also have some funny moments. And I think they've inspired a lot of other really fun time travel stories too. However, I don't actually think that in that episode it makes any goddamn sense like i'm just gonna well no gonna it, it doesn't but the problem this is this listener to watch that episode and see if they think it hangs together because I, well, okay so i i kind of agree with the listener in a little bit in a way where the listener here said that it depends on the time machine and i think that is mm. a solid way to make this work yeah. because yeah if you sit there and you're like, okay, what version of time travel are they doing? Like, which theory and of like time travel? And like, maybe Forge has a different one. Well, that's what I was gonna Fitzroy say. Like, it, like there is no, there's no like confirmed solid one that is what they use across the board for X Men the animated series. It's they're right. all different. There's all these different yeah. versions because there's these versions where they go back in time and it doesn't affect the future at all, like whether or not Xavier mm -hmm. dies or right. You know, but then there's like times when cables trying to save his future which is around the same time as maybe bishop's future and sometimes bishop's future is changing as other times it is not there's also like alternate timelines they fall in like that whole thing with like bishop walking down the rainbow road in apocalypse yes and he's like watching all the tv screens time. yeah but nothing changed with the, any timeline which is so I feel like the TV screens were part of what confused me because I was like, what time period are those from? And like, we know the multiverse exists also. Like, we know that there are yeah, other they, they, they were watching of the like, X-Men. They were watching like the floating fucking cues from the Superman movie, but they were just like floating around Bishop's head and they were yeah. like clips of X-Men, the animated series. Yeah, I don't, I feel like X-Men, the animated series just never quite decided what kind of time travel they wanted to show. Well, but and, I think part of the reason that happens, this show... I mean, I, I give it props because I don't think any of the following X-Men shows, which are also really good, are nearly as full of the depth of political, uh, like any kind of... Commentary? Yes, yes. They're, that depth is not there in the... Well, it is. I, I'm not going to pretend it isn't, but the, the level of it is not as, as intense as X-Men the Enemy Series. So I think the X-Men the Enemy Series right. is doing a fantastic job of what it does, but I think they went into it not fully knowing how they were going to adapt or do a bigger plot line past season one because i mean really right. that's when it starts to fall apart and they start trying to pull from other comics i mean they took 
a very they took a handful of the main characters and put them in there but then tried to do the stories of the comic books with the characters they chose and then you like which intersects some random ones here and there and i it, this also created that whole problem with mystique and rogue how they didn't know each other first but then like magically did later so i think that's mm-hmm. problem that's the main reason why they cannot have consistent time travel stories because like a lot of their own storytelling was not consistent in the beginning to confirm that. So it was kind of like one of those things where they just kind of wrote as they went along, I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's probably also true that even in the comics, different forms of time travel exist. So (laughs) Time travel exists. Well, I'm just saying, like, I think the comic books use a lot, all of these different types that uh, Mystery Man is listing here, where they'll do the paradoxes, they'll do the eventuality form of time travel, where no matter what, it's all the same, or they'll also do the multiverse version and the time version where like you go back in time you create another timeline and then you have to deal with the new timeline like they i feel like i can think of comic book storylines that have done each of those things so clearly it's possible but it's very hard to show that in a tv show and it's it's hard to like decide what you want to show and not show and obviously they don't even bother to explain the whole situation where like what actually caused the apocalypse was it apocalypse the guy or not why is xavier's death leading to these events they don't really bother to spell that out because they only had 22 minutes to do it so like all we really do is make fun of it. I, I mean, I'm well aware there yeah, are plenty of holes. But I, I think even our interpretations right, of it because we're just joking around. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on and do one of our voicemails. Um, just so you yeah. know, you can listen. You can call us and you can leave us a voicemail too, instead of an email. If you don't want to do that, that's mm-hmm. fine. You can also call us, and we have a few of those in, and we're going to play one right now. <laughs> I've been listening to your most recent podcast that deal with the devil, and I thought it was pretty good. And um, I'm just calling you to, um, so, so I, I kind of find it, find it uh, ironic that Omega Red said that he, he, how he's a communist and a Soviet and whatever, but also he totally destroyed Russia, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> um, I that apparently in the show they were talking about um, how they were worried about him accidentally blowing up the nukes when they shot them down. But yeah. as a nerd who looked this stuff up in, when I was in high school, um, because I'm a sci-fi nerd, so it's actually really hard to make things blow up. So um, <laughs> but, but I probably didn't look that up that hard. So I can understand why they might think that, but it's, yeah. it's really not that, that much of a worry. So I found that kind yeah, of interesting. Yeah. Um, anyway, I hope you guys uh, keep having fun and doing this. And thanks for giving you something to do during this Aww. time where we're all stuck in our houses. Oh, uh, thanks for that. Thanks so much. That was really yeah, sweet. I- it's a really sweet voicemail also like that's really funny to know that the the nukes that were in soviet submarines deep underwater like actually aren't that big of a concern <laughs> because like clearly in that episode it, they make it seem like it's the scariest shit ever and like they absolutely <laughs> have to send the x-men down under the water to like make sure to operate on these freaking nukes well, they, and they sent to, like, like mr octopus man to do yeah, it by the which, way like why but like, it also goes back to like don't need to do that how did they decimate russia in the first place i mean i mean we'd it, have to rewatch that episode which neither of us even fucking no we to do don't because all. it's not explained they said omega red did it and he just like 
threw his tentacles around a bunch but you're right about him yeah. like disarming those bombs it doesn't make any sense so it's good to know they didn't need to do any of it that episode didn't need to exist on any level and i'm glad to have it like double triple confirmed by a listener it, talk about a skip like i hope people <laughs> enjoyed our version of the review of it because i really hope no one actually watched that episode because it was so stupid like please just enjoy our recap you don't need to watch it at all like it's crap also it's great that you look this shit up because that is also yes. something we do here at the mutant ages a little bit so well maddie does i sometimes i do i do i do all the research for the character notes and then maddie looks up to see if like like, in the background googling soviet russia and being like somebody's gotta do it you know i know i know Um, oh well (laughs) all right so i'm gonna read a couple like comments before we jump into the next email um so left on instagram elena wrote your friend who played rouge was just so unreasonably cool and demon just (laughs) i know wasn't she God. I, I, I don't feel like we even need to explain what demon is anymore, but you can go find it Maybe on our YouTube channel. Uh, but that's just that's just how Steph is. Uh, she is Steph actually is that cool in real life. She's truly just playing herself in that movie. Yeah, but I mean, we were just we just told her to show up and she showed up with like her swords. Like she's one of those people that collects a bunch of weapons. And she's also mm-hmm. somebody that you play a video game with and you're immediately like so mad that she's instantly good at any game she plays it's like infuriating it is infuriating and it's kind of like annoying that she's also really cool about it at the same time i mean like she acts like she doesn't give a shit you know (laughs) yeah i know um so yeah we basically know like an irl superheroine and it's steph because she like is the coolest this next comment that somebody wrote in in response to us when we decided we were gonna go weekly said Thank you. Just what I need lately. Well, like many. Seriously, this made me ridiculously happy. And I just wanted to say thank you. I'm glad that this is working out. I also, I didn't, I haven't pulled from this, but on our Discord chat, there have been a lot of our followers on there saying thank you for making this weekly. It's so, we're just so happy it's weekly right now. So, you know what? I'm glad we made the we made I'm the jump. So it was a scary like jump it. for me, but not so much for Maddie because she's done this before. But I was like, oh, how are we going to do it, man? It's kind of a scary jump for me, too, because I'm also like, are we going to be able to keep it up? So I'm really hoping that we can. I'm really glad that we're able to do it right now. And I'm hoping that we can just continue to do it even after things get a little crazier again, yeah. once society starts uh, rebuilding again. And Ryan and I will both have other things we want to do, but we're going to try to keep doing it weekly anyway. And it's been really fun and i've managed to like fit editing a weekly show into my schedule which twice uh <laughs> i mean you, you are on a different That's podcast continuing. also you're on two different podcasts that you have to yes, record for I about the same amount I don't of time have to, so yeah i don't have to edit the other podcast that i'm on kirk edits it which is a huge help um but i do edit this one so obviously true. i had to fit that in i know and I, you take the brunt of that when i basically what we have set up is that Medi edits all of our podcasts and then i will edit the patreon podcast and the videos and i manage the right. social media so it does balance out but it is like a huge chunk of time so please support mm-hmm. our Patreon, it's basically. It's a huge chunk of time for both of us. So really, we're both doing a lot of work, but people are being really appreciative yeah. of that work and really kind about it. And, and I, that's it makes wonderful. It, it makes us feel good about what we're doing right now. And that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, the next email comes in from Elena, who writes, Hey, Mutant Crew, thank you so much for making this podcast weekly. I know it's a lot of Yay. work, but it's been a great comfort in this plague time to have weekly X-Men content to bring some levity and hero- homoeroticism. Yes. <laughs> I believe the mutant being escorted to school and bloodlines was supposed to be Blink, 
who is super mm. cool and badass. Maybe you could do a retroactive mutant spotlight on her. She's not in any of the cartoons in a significant way that I know of, but she's in the X-Men Apocalypse movies and the Gifted TV show, so maybe people would be interested to hear about her comic origins. I wonder if they picked her to animate because she's also a teleporter like Nightcrawler who was in that same episode. Right. Or maybe her pink skin is a reference to Ruby Bridges, one of the first African-American children to be integrated into a white school and had to be escorted through a mob of racists. Right. Anyway, yeah. I think if you run out of mutants to spotlight that are featured in the episode, you should pick random other ones that are in the background or are featured in live action media or video games that aren't in the whatever week's episode of the cartoon. Okay, so it's good to know that you all love the character spotlights, which is fantastic news. So one, I'm going to go back a little bit and say, yes, we did miss Cyclops and that was a fudge on my part because I try and plan these ahead of where we we're going to go. Um, mm-hmm. Mike and we'll, we'll fit him in though. No, yeah. Cyclops will not be getting oh, no, off he, easy. We, he we will be he, he like, well, he does get off easy for Wolverine. <laughs> uh, anyway, so so anyway, we will do him, and we are. My my intention was to try to get the brunt of all the main X Men done during X Men the animated series and start filtering them in through all the. 20 other shows we're gonna have to watch uh mm-hmm. but i also am aware that angel wasn't covered because we're gonna cover him in x-men evolution um right blink we will cover whenever we get to the gifted which uh, originally i would have said what could, could have been years and years and years from now if you we were still bi-weekly but we are not anymore we are weekly. it'll be only a few years yeah, from exactly now. <laughs> uh and i want to make sure we all get the spotlight time or I want to make sure that all the X-Men get the spotlight time that they're supposed to get and kind of let it come up naturally in a way. I mean, obviously, we have not even tackled Emma Frost yet, and we probably will not until Wolverine and the X-Men. Um, but right. it is my intention to get to everyone slowly but surely and also, you know, kind of spread it out a little bit from this point forward because we have so many series that we're going to have to watch. So We do. And it's also true that since we're weekly now, I'm trying not to have the episodes be too much longer than an hour just for my own editing sanity. So that's part of why I was kind of like, do we need the X-Men spotlights? But it's good to know that people really like them. And I've also thought about having them be um, standalone episodes where we just like do a deep dive into X-Men stuff and people can let us know what they prefer. I mean, we're just iterating on the format all the time because, you know, obviously we're going to keep doing this and it's just a matter of like when and how. Well, you know, what, so honestly, it's... we're totally open minded about doing things yeah. a different way. And as long as there's some X-Men content every week, I'm sure you guys will be happy. Right? Was, so, yeah, exactly. Also, I was going to say, <laughs> you know, considering we did this show has been around for three years and we really haven't changed anything for three years. Uh, you know, a little change here. There's going to be okay, uh, but we're not yeah. going to like do big sudden changes because we know, you know, like people come here for a reason, and we want to still give you all what you're always getting. So, mm-hmm. um, Maddie, you want to take this next email? Sure. Also from somebody named Maddie. <laughs> okay, but they spell it with an I E. So they write. What do you think of Rogue as a team leader? Like in X-Men Legacy, Uncanny Avengers, Astonishing X-Men, etc. Like you both said in the Longshot episode, I prefer when the X-Women lead. Same, Everything just same, seems same. to go better. <laughs> yes, I, it does. I know in the Who's That X-Man section, Ryan said Mojo hasn't really been seen since 2016. But I recently read the Rogue and Gambit comics by Kelly Thompson, a great read, by the way, and they took a short trip to the Mojoverse and had some really odd encounters with him and Spiral. 
Love your show. And I'm so glad you guys are able to release weekly now. It's helping <laughs> everyone's sanity, especially right now. Thanks for the laughs. See you next time. Maddie. So, okay. I totally forgot that that Mojiverse thing ha- happened so recently. I remember it too. And I feel like you sent me the pages because you were like, look at this. It was yeah. like, this is fucking nuts because it's like, yeah. like they're chasing this child down who turns out to be Spiral's baby, you know? Sure. Why so, not? I mean, it was also like just some fun, sexy Rogan game bit comics that were like a fun storyline they were also i don't know why spiral was back there because she like left and she was working with psylocke of all characters who they hate each other so it's just kind of like it was weird for him her to just be back there again just randomly i'm like why would she go back to mojo that guy's an asshole maybe it's just like sort of a series that wasn't intended to take place in any particular time period i don't know what the setup was for the rogan gambit comics but uh it was supposed to be recent it was happening around the same time that all the events that happened with um x-men right before they went into the krakoa series so it's very 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 recent Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm not super familiar with the time periods where Rogue's been the leader, but I have been reading some really old Rogue comics lately, so I'll probably get up to it and then maybe I can talk about it on the show. But um, I think you will have to read some of the Avengers stuff because yeah, that. But I love Avengers comics, so I'm sure I'll. Enjoy oh, I know, it. and I actually I love this arc for Rogue where she is originally an Avengers villain for mm-hmm. Captain Marvel. And her arc has turned her into somebody that makes her one of the leaders of the Avengers. I That's know, a great, it's great arc. Yeah, it's really rad. That's the stuff I'm actually reading right now as the original like rogue with the slick back hair and like the completely different look that she had. Oh, yeah, I way know. I love beginning. that. And um, she's a total villain, but still has her southern accent. And it's really fun. It's been super fun reading so far. And since I have no life, I'm just reading X-Men comics. <laughs> I mean, so, me too. Here we me go. too, all the time. Yeah. Um, um, we have a couple of these, so I'm going to read this first one right now that says, Hi, Ryan. This is Ryan from the future, <laughs> the far future from an episode far in the past. I would go back in time to change it, but I know that I can't go far enough back by just five minutes and then the whole universe will change. Whoopsie. <laughs> anyway, you forgot to mention on your bingo chart for forever ago that Psylocke is your number 13 favorite X-Men. Oh. Uh-oh. Time to have a force with Wolverine, Cable, and Iceman. This time it is the bucket of water until later <laughs> tips hat see you next time and i wrote future ryan who is possessed but not possessed and maybe a shapeshifter but still ryan insert zelda transformation theme here uh, <laughs> uh yeah so everyone mark your charts i've been doing the top 20 x-men or at least i had it was like ryan's top 20 x-men yeah, and then but it's just been like a really long time since you did a well, top 20 I, x-men to, to be honest to you i don't think there was like one for a while except for Psylocke, Psylocke who, who i just forgot. completely missed yeah. so and i just uh, double check my chart now and nobody else has been revealed yet so okay well that was an important correction though uh, we're almost there i think there's only like a handful of characters left well so. i know who some of them are yeah not everyone does except for people who've listened to this show and probably already guessed what they are but you know, <laughs> i mean fair 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 <laughs> um let's listen to this next voicemail hey ryan maddie um i'm just calling in for the um um, you know, read your mail, you know, show that you'll have, I guess, a couple of weeks from now. Um, I think I remember in Insomniacs in the morning, it was mentioned oh, that yeah. Brian had met uh, Hugh Jackman at some point. Oh, yeah. Yes. I was just wondering if, you know, you could talk about that also. Uh, oh, my God, yes. Oh, no. <laughs> or anyone else involved in the X-Men films at a, a con or elsewhere. Anyway, see you next time. 
see you next time. Oh my oh god, my this god. is gonna be this is gonna be a story. <laughs> Story time, everyone. Okay, first of all, I want to just say that it's this is going to be like for when I was a teenager. So you oh, know, so you're going to be really cool, and this isn't going to be a story that embarrasses the shit out no. of you. No, well, okay. So here's the thing: is that like I definitely was so starstruck for Hugh Jackman when I yes. was younger, which is a thing. I, I, you think you wouldn't be now, Ryan? You think you'd be able to hold it together if you met Hugh now? Yeah. Well, honestly, yeah. Now I can because this is what I was thinking about the other day. But it's actually very strange to like work in the industry yes. like you know because we have been for a long time now and it's like we've been, we're not working on hollywood but we've worked with a lot of famous people at this point and after working for kineticom for so long and then actually producing content and sharing like being in performances with other people that are considered famous and then like having friends that are just like famous people mm-hmm. like not really like knowing that you just kind of realize they're just people and like yeah, you know yeah, yeah. that that idea of getting starstruck like doesn't happen to me anymore because that's really just happen how it happens to me anymore either but i usually still have that like couple minutes before i'm doing like an interview with somebody like for a story yeah. who's famous where i'm like this is gonna be weird but then i just tell myself the same thing which is they're just a person you know yeah. they they still you know have a human body yeah. they're just I some know, right? guy like none of this really matters and then i I calm the fuck down again but yeah. um yeah i think hugh jackman i would probably just be astounded by how pretty he is if i were to ever see uh, well, him well i mean life. he's still beautiful so at I'd his have age to get so over i mean that. there's that but yeah other than that i think i would be able to like calm down and be like he's a person i'm just gonna like talk to him and move on with my life but yeah i oh, yeah. to answer the other question i don't think either of us has met any other x-men affiliated actor other than you meeting hugh jackman am i right yeah, I mean, I've thought about it, but I mean, I've met people. I've had a lot of people we that were like on Star Trek: The Gen yeah, X Generation, like and I worked with them, and things. they were very nice. And uh, yeah. I've shared the stage with like a lot of voice actors. Yeah. You know, I mean, we've both done that for cons that we've helped out with or just been a part of in some way. And I, I yeah. mean, it's not to say I don't think that meeting celebrities can be really, really cool, but I think both of us met enough that eventually we were kind of like all right like it's just not really yeah, something i, know. I mean like there was a point much. in time where like they would show up to when when i was working at that con they would yes. be in the green room with us yeah. or you know we would, yeah. <laughs> we, we would go out to dinner we would go get i would go out and drink with them afterwards and so yeah. like it really that kind of changes your perspective on it but when i was 18 that was not the case i was yes. still a uh, malleable little boy who is who had not come out of the closet this is actually a coming out of the closet wow. completely story so so here let's go back a little so back there was this party that was for katie Mack's birthday forever ago and like mm-hmm. maddie and me maddie myself and a mutual friend like kind of like got in trouble with the other kids there because we were doing <laughs> Wait, something obnoxious and stupid all the way back to that because oh that is when God. maddie was like the first time she admitted to me that she was also into girls and she's like do you have anything to tell me ryan and i was like no and, <laughs> and so like then in my later in my teens i came out as bisexual but i went to go see uh, a boy from oz when hugh jackman was playing uh the main lead in that broadway that show, show yeah the musical and i saw that as like my high school graduation present because it was honestly a miracle that i even got out of high school mm-hmm. so like my parents were like thank god so let's go take him see this broadway show so katie and i went to go see that with my older sister and mom and then afterwards they had some sort of charity thing where you could like pay some sort of absorbent amount of money it was a i don't know it was probably like 200 dollars, which i consider a lot of money for a I fucking mean, especially photo as a teenager i'm sure it did yeah seem that right way. and you go up and meet hugh jackman talk to him for a few minutes and like you would get your photo taken and my parents my mom was like i want to make him do this <laughs> and so 
I like had an anxiety attack the whole way up there because oh. I had not met a famous person ever, ever. yes, ever, and I hadn't no, <laughs> hadn't worked with any either. I yeah. like, I think well, they had been kid. around. Well, you know, it's funny is that my mom had worked with a bunch of famous oh, people, well, and yes. they would be at the studio with her, but I just didn't know who the fuck they were, so it didn't matter. Right. But like, here was somebody that like I was obsessed with because and he had played a crush Wolverine. on not that you were admitting yeah. oh it. yeah i know let's not pretend that didn't happen that man is beautiful first mm-hmm. of all you we walked up to him and he was like he's fucking like huge like he's so tall he's like yeah. way taller than i am and i'm like six feet so like this was like really tall and meanwhile katie's like five feet I know. so so like we walked up and i i ran up and i gave him a big hug which was really very nice that they let him do that and security didn't pull I me know, off of him like why also kind of props to you for like having the guts to just immediately run up to hugh jackman and hug him like that well he's uh, he spread out his arms so i took oh, okay. that as an open invitation i think he might actually be a hugger like as a person which mm-hmm. i mean it kind of matches his personality yeah and that's uh, really cute i also yeah. think he smokes a shitload of weed so i don't think it matters to him um <laughs> he probably has to meet a lot of weirdos in his line of work <laughs> well, especially you now right, yeah old. i was like the epitome of one of those weirdos well, and so then we got like, a picture X-Men taken had already come out by then so i'm sure a lot of the people he was meeting were like x-men fans like you including yeah. probably a bunch of little queer boys who had a crush oh, I know. on him right exactly meanwhile katie was keeping it together because katie at that point had met a bunch of famous people because yes. she was like a pro at going to meeting them and talking to them i don't think katie was as emotionally invested in hugh jackman as you were oh like, no she was at that point that's why she wanted to go so okay. fair enough but i feel like nobody could really match you when it came to that because you also just like had the additional layer of like being closeted having feelings for him but like sort of like discovering Didn't yourself through the I know. And so, and like so on and so forth. Well, yeah, we've got this picture taken, which maybe I'll share with y'all on the Mutant Ages Patreon now that we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but where it's you and Katie as like little tiny children with Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's really like cute and embarrassing. You could tell I'm having the time of my life because uh-huh. I'm like 18 and like silly. And so then we walk away and it's left like that whole situation couldn't be any more embarrassing. I turn around, cross my arms and scream, Wolverine! And then leave. <laughs> Oh to God. which I did then, he say anything or did he just like stare at he, you he like I smiled and nodded like i was crazy because <laughs> i was so that is my that is my huge jack story and th- oh but then katie God. and i wandered around new york city and oh my god so we wandered around new york city and we're just walking around i go katie i have to tell you something and katie goes what i go i think i'm gay and katie's like well no shit <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think she figured it out when we were dating and I didn't touch her. Yeah. I mean, like, you know. I know. So, and I was too busy, like, doing musicals in the background to be like, let's go out to eat, Katie. <laughs> ah, Little Mermaid. You know, I know. So, I yeah. know. But it was really funny because that happened. And then I met him, like, two more times after that in which I had it together because Elena and I went to go see the show again while he was still on Broadway, mm-hmm. I think, the following summer. And so you met him that time, too. What was the third time? The, the, we, we met him twice during that oh, one oh, so oh. like so and uh or maybe it was just one time and i just like combining memories <laughs> yeah you met hugh jackman like 16 times i mean it's yeah, too many really. to even count anymore i mean you know he's in your bed right now waiting for you to come back so um oh wait did i meet ray parker i don't think i do i did i think i was like there but we didn't like actually converse when i was in the same room as him i can't remember honestly yeah and he played toad so right uh he's just he's a cool guy though he's just like he is a cool person in real life see this is what i mean it's like once when you like work 
in the industry for a really long time you just like determine if somebody's like cool no there's really like there really is just like you're either a cool normal person or you're like one of those actors who have let it go completely to your head and you're like shut the fuck up there's like no in between like there really isn't and it doesn't matter if you're performing with them or if you're working with them in a convention sense or if like you're interviewing them you know who they are it's really interesting so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. anyway that is my Hugh Jackman story I would not do that again Um, I would love for it to be on the show and interview him like a normal fucking person but you know (laughs) Maybe someday that will happen. Who knows? You never know. I would love to get some of the animated series voice actors on here first. So let's that start there. That would be there. great. That would be really great. Um, okay. Also, so- you left out the part of the story where you showed me the picture of it and I thought it was photoshopped. And I was like, <laughs> you remember that? I forgot about that. You and Katie showed me the picture and I was like, nice prank, guys. This doesn't even look <laughs> real. And you were like, Maddie, we actually How did we went to New York. How convince you, though? I, I think you well first of all I think you scanned it in and sent it to me on AIM and you oh, were well, like so of course it looked photoshopped so of course it looked photoshopped to me and so I was like this is fake and you were like no we actually went to New York City we just met him I think I didn't believe you until I went to your house and I held the actual photo in my hand and then at yeah. that point I was like this is clearly a real photo because like you know back then you thought everything was photoshopped but like you couldn't fake a real photo which I don't know <laughs> of course you actually could but I didn't think you guys would go to that effort plus Katie was backing you up and I trusted Katie more than you you were the kind of person who would just send me weird shit and be like this is real and I'd be like Ryan is like telling a story about his life again about how he thinks he met Hugh Jackman like whatever <laughs> but like I mean Katie to be fair I did photoshop like a lot that. of X-Men pictures at the day claimed that they were like I was like one of those people that would photoshop a bunch of pictures of the X-Men and be like this is from X-Men 2 even though yes. it's not out yet yes. like I was one of those people you did a lot of that kind of shit but like you never really strung me along that much on that kind of thing but anyway no. because Katie was backing you up I was like clearly they actually met Hugh Jackman and I remember I was like impressed and thought it was like really cool and stuff because you know I was also yeah. a child so of well, I mean, I we, we were cool. all like uh, starstruck at that age that's of something course. that has gone away over time yeah thank right, god I'm gonna move on to the next email because that was a fun little trip down memory lane definitely so our next reader mail comes from Elena who writes hey mutant crew regarding the mysterious golf ball storm <laughs> left it for the rest of the x-men to find she plucked it off of archon and threw it behind them along with her communicator as he carried her through the portal amazing not such a damsel in distress True. Also, in the comics, Archon seems to be way more respectful of Storm as an equal with her own responsibilities, and she attached a little comic book strip from the storyline in which this happened. Yes, I actually um, read this today because I just edited you? part two uh, of Stormfront, and I was curious about whether Archon had the same storyline in the comics, and it's actually completely different. I don't know if Elena bothered to read the whole thing, but Archon is like super normal. The story ends happily. Like he's not an asshole, and he and Storm don't date. So, like, the whole thing is different. It's pretty interesting oh, that they wrote well, all I, of I, that for that, the show. That's crazy. I, yeah. Um, this panel involves Storm walking into the room in her little, like, enchantress costumes that she wears on that planet. Except this one, she's just, it's, like, just, like, bra and underwear. Um, <laughs> cool. And she says, I've been thinking, and Archon says, about us, I, too. I was going to ask you to stay and be my queen. Oh, maybe they do fuck in the comic after one I read. Yeah, and then she says, but I will not, because that would present us with a choice that would destroy us both. It would break your heart to leave the X-Men, as it would break mine to leave my people. Very romantic. were you to ask me, I would. And Storm says, I know, so I will not ask. And then they hardcore make out, and she says... I live alone by choice, Archon, and not because I have never met anyone who stirred my heart as Cyclops stirred Jean Grey's or Reed Richards <laughs> stirs Susan's. Oh my god. I goodness. never regretted that. This is, this is so Chris Claremont. I never regretted that till now. I will always remember you, Archon, and treasure those memories. And then wow. they kiss and leave. 
so hardcore makeouts. Yeah. I mean, I just know that Archon's not an abuser in that version. So like they invented all of that stuff, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, they just wrote a new storyline for the show, which they did a ton of times on that show, you know, like they why not? did. They did. So that's cool. I'm going to read a couple little short ones that we have from Twitter. So on Twitter, somebody says, okay, so this is somebody else saying the same thing, which says, this person wrote in, just before What's-His-Face carries Storm through the portal, there's an insert shot of her sneakily ripping one of his portal things off his belt and dropping it with How her communicator for the others the to find. You know? So that's where the golf call came from. <laughs> okay. And then he, then the same person writes, and the Chamber of Karma isn't a government thing. They just like to seem lofty. It's more of a club for local businesses. And one thing they do is give out maps and ads and coupons to tourists and visitors to promote local restaurants and shops and so on. Ah, so I guess the joke about the robots then is that they're the Chamber of Commerce giving out like tourist brochures. That makes a certain kind of so. sense since they're <laughs> making jokes the whole time about how they're tourists on Polemicus. So right. that's it, I guess. All right, I'll no, take it. I guess it. so. Uh, also, your sister, Mink, in. Mink wrote in and said, I really enjoy not waiting so long for new episodes. Heart, <laughs> I know it's a lot of work, but I'm so happy to, for every Tuesday. This came out of our Discord chat, by the Aww. way. In which Draco responded, I'll second that. I download the apps right when they come out. Midnight here in Atlanta. So it was exciting on Monday night when I knew there was already going to be a new one. And then Elena wrote, I feel so spoiled with the Mutant Ages content. Oh, so. yay. I'm so glad everybody's enjoying it so much. That me makes too, me, me feel better about spending all this time every week editing them now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another quick thing from Twitter is says, <laughs> like we, I posted a picture of Wolverine and Nightcrawler in the Mutant Ages uh, Twitter account, and the person wrote obligatory gay Nightcrawler content notification. And somebody says, "Look, everyone knows it's true. Even the artists know it's true." Then we say Nightcrawler wants it from Wolverine. Somebody <laughs> says, "I mean, I get it. I just want better for him." Kurt's already been through so much. And then somebody wrote, "You are right, though. Kurt deserves a tough, kind, charming top who will buy him roses and dance with him in public." <laughs> I, and I responded, "But that can be Logan." And then there's somebody attached this picture of Wolverine's face on Shrek, and it says, "I saw this flower and thought of you because it's pretty and well. I don't really like it, but I thought you might like it because you're pretty." Oh my God! Yes, I love this. Is the crossover <laughs> content that we need. This keeps on like, coming up. Wolverine being Shrek is like becoming a thing. <laughs> I know. Um, and then one other Twitter thing. Oh, sorry. This is from YouTube. Um, yeah. Somebody says, in response to Gina and Gambit cooking in the kitchen together, they wrote, what do you want to bet that the broccoli head was a frying pan in the original draft? And they changed <laughs> it so that sh they wouldn't have a scene of Gene attempting to bludgeon Gambit with the cast iron cookware. I think you're probably right. I, it needs to be broccoli because that's not going to hurt anyone. <laughs> Yeah. Frying fan is definitely what Gene actually wanted to throw there. We have two more emails and then a voicemail, then one more email from me. But this one is also from me, it looks like. It says, it says, hey, Maddie and Ryan, this is Felix, also known as Poochie Chainlink. Definitely not Ryan writing about something he wants to talk about during the re reader mail episode. Great. A recent rumor has popped up that the version of the X-Men we will see in the MCU will be the ultimate X-Men. While an interesting concept, we would miss a lot of opportunity for decades of political storytelling and, and character development. Emma Frost would not be the queen we all know and love. X-23 would not exist. Mr. Sinister would be reduced to a thug and the list goes on. I hope this rumor is false, but I figured we should talk about it on the show and discuss our feelings on this as the Ultimate Universe is not necessarily one of our favorite runs. Hmm. See you X time or X now. Get it? Little podcast joke. Ryan. Wait, shit. I meant to say Robbie Flake. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Huh. I, I feel like you have a lot more theories about this than I do. I'm just kind of like... 
I hesitant to speculate because I'm like, who fucking knows what's going to happen, man? Like every time uh, I yeah. predict anything, I end up being wrong. You're usually right, though. So what do you think is going to happen? <sighs> I really hope that's not the case. Um, I think that we're going to run into a weird situation where we might see the X-Men appear via the multiverse yeah. thing with Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch. I also think that, may that make, would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think that whatever happens on WandaVision is going to change the greater scope of things. So I don't I don't know. I really just hope it's not the Ultimate X-Men because I know the Avengers movies borrowed a lot from the Ultimates initially, but I don't feel like they have headed in that route at all since then. Um, you know, like the first Avengers film felt very much like the Ultimates, but I think since then it has really skewed away from that. Uh, especially with you know adding Runaways and Cloak and Dagger and all the Netflix series right, like Jessica Jones, and Luke. Part yeah, of all it, that but... was more consistent with the modern or comics and so forth. And now they're talking about adding Kate Bishop in there and Miss right. Marvel. Yeah, and Captain Marvel is actually Carol Danvers. So I really don't feel like the X Men being from the Ultimates universe will make any sense at this point. Um, yeah, and I feel like they know that they have inherited a property that makes a lot of fucking money. Mm -hmm. They know that it's going to do just as well as the Avengers. Um, and I think, or has the potential to, if they don't fuck it up. Yeah. And it, yeah, exactly. And I think they realize that they have a lot of opportunity to tell good stories there and can probably branch out between movies and TV shows. And I think they will do that, honestly. So I that, think that's, probably, that's what I would guess. Yeah. I've said this before, but I think there's probably a lot of ideas on the table right now. And like, some of them are going to be bad and weird. And I just hope those aren't the ideas they end up going with, but like they have a lot of time to figure it out for better or worse. Like COVID yeah. is giving all of these companies a lot of time to like really map up, map oh, well, out what Disney's, they want to do. Disney's right on top of that too, because I've been following along with what Disney's doing. Like they just bought more property from Disney world and it's like, they're not slowing down. They like are like using this time to decide what projects they want to jump onto next. They're, you know, they're taking out loans to build more shit. So I, I think that's going to be interesting. Also, other interesting news is I think that they confirmed that uh, the actors for uh, Domino and Cable from the Deadpool 2 movie are staying. So we're still going to see Josh Brolin and what's her name? Um, Zazie, I think. Is that right? No. Zazie Beats. Yeah. Yeah. Zazie Beats. Yeah. So they said that they're going to bring them along, which is funny because it's like, so it's Josh Brolin, just Josh multiple Brolin just characters like of the MCU. Again? Yeah. Like that doesn't make any fucking sense, but I did really like him as Cable. So fine. I mean, he was a great Cable. So I'm glad with that. Yeah. It's anyway, crazy, but sure. <laughs> like, I'm going to send you this last reader mail before we jump into the voicemail. So okay. Take this next one, Maddie. Okay. So this is an email from Todd, the one and only, the incomparable Todd Harper. Who writes? Who? <laughs> Hello, Maddie and Ryan. <laughs> I'd ask if you're doing all right, but it's 2020 and nobody's doing all right, so I won't ask a stupid question. I recently <laughs> listened to the No Mutant is an Island app, and the Who's Gay segment and the discussion you had in it got me thinking. As is usual for us, I'm probably about to give the show too much credit, but I actually think in this episode, Kilgrave is a perfect metaphor for assimilationist heteronormativity <laughs> yeah look at me pronouncing words you got it hear me out Kilgrave has the hooks in hard with Rusty thanks to his mind control power but he also tries to make Rusty feel loved quote unquote because as you pointed out that's part of how abusers groom victims on top of that is Rusty being an orphan so the thing he's missing in life is stability and safety which is what Kilgrave offers him 
quote, do what I want and you'll be safe and secure, end quote. But what he wants is for Rusty to give up any agency whatsoever. Straight society asks us queers to do this all the time. Can't you just be a little more normal, a little less openly gay, conform to gender norms a little more, etc.? If you do, we'll mistreat you a little less. Just like the analogy Maddie was making, I think Scott is proof that there is security and safety out there that doesn't involve giving up who you are. I mean, sure, Xavier himself is basically a nightmare of a human being, but his fellow gays in the X-Men are his found family, which he had probably forgotten about in his grief over Jean. Anyhow, this got nonsense long, and I definitely agree that I don't like reading Kilgrave as queer in that ep because of how deeply it plays into the same tired gay pedo trope shit that Dr. Feelbad did in Generation X. Fuck that. But I think if you look at Kilgrave instead as a stand-in for the power structures of heteronormativity, the story takes on an interesting dimension. Enough out of me, I have an X-Men tabletop game to plan, supposedly. See you next time, <laughs> Todd. This is great. I like this a lot this better great. than the interpretation of Kilgrave as like a predatory pedophile who's kidnapping teenagers and forcing them to do yeah. his bidding, which is a storyline that I, I will say it's kind of hard to not see in watching and that it's episode. Also, also incredibly played out at this point. It is incredibly played out, and I don't like that interpretation but i do like the just general interpretation that i've had before of scott having his found queer family in the x-men and like also growing up an orphan and then like finding those people and finding that family because it's like like rogue has had that experience storm's had that experience like we get to see that and logan and we get to see that that play out again and again and then you see it again with jubilee and like the first season of the show and that's like the theme that unites all of x-men the animated series in so many ways is like these sort of lost queer teens like finding a way to be safe and that's basically rusty's story again and you know it doesn't really you get know, old I, for I, me. I kind of like this idea that we didn't even touch on this in that episode but like think about like how the purple man could have been essentially like taking these like gay kids and trying to brainwash wash them into being straight like right. essentially there's like this whole conversion camp aspect that we didn't even touch on because it happens so often on x-men the animated series that we didn't even like think about it that time right although in this case it's less him trying to make them not mutants and more him trying to like co-opt that story for his own power and his his own ends which also happens in real life sometimes like people just co-opting your shit or stealing your story and like or like or like being like i'm the a big politician or famous person look at me i adopted all these gay children and we got to help them but i'm also going to abuse the shit out of them when the camera's off yeah Yeah. which is super fucked up you know i it's fucking there's nothing good about Kilgrave. Nope. I cannot list a single good thing about him, except that like <laughs> David Tennant played him once, and David Tennant is he like did a kind good of job charming. Playing him like yeah. a terrifying villain, like so fucking scary. <laughs> yeah. Seriously though, I would not want to meet this guy. Like he just like tells people to kill themselves and they do it. It's like no, yeah, it's, no, it's no, like no, the no, 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 no. Can imagine? Yeah, basically. I mean, the fact that Jessica Jones like is able to turn against him is really I phenomenal. I like that storyline, and I also liked No Mutants and I. I thought it was a powerful episode and I really like this email from Todd this is a great email so thanks Todd yeah Todd you need to write in more but also we just like having you on the show when you're on the show because I like the way his dialogue comes off when he explains (laughs) anything and I'm like ooh I'm being like tickled with like the correct pronunciation of things yeah I know like it's it's nice it's nice to have that so yeah anyway uh I'm going to play the last voicemail we have here. The final voicemail. (laughs) Okay. Hey, this is Elena. I am not here, but I love Maddie's music so much. I thought I'd try to beat the theme song. (gasps) It just bops. Like, it's a jam. It's a bop. (laughs) It's a bop. (laughs) When we were young. 
we experienced a change. I'm dancing. We felt the power grow in us, both wonderful oh, and strange. strange. The power to care about, about the X-Men and the mutant brotherhood. <laughs> All of their, their adventures, more than anyone should. From the comic book pages to the animated stages. Ages, decades of history, the mutant ages, Riot Betty, the mutant ages, journey through memory, the mutant ages, with Riot and Betty, and Elena singing the theme song. You don't have to play it if it's horrible. But no, it's I great. Just no. Love you guys so much. Aww. Elena, <laughs> I'm just gonna first of all say that if I had known you in high school, we probably would have probably would have hung out because totally. this is the kind of shit that I would have done is like set like recordings of myself singing Maddie Sonster because that's a thing I used to do. Uh, yeah. But uh, also, this made me feel like we need to have like a mutant ages scene along where we get like the Mickey Mouse ears, but it's just like a bouncing X. Yes, I feel like you know it'll still happen someday. But I have such a dream of us doing like a live show someday where I could like play the theme songs live. Oh yeah, I have that dream all I the really time. Want honestly, that to be a reality someday i know we're like not popular enough as a show to justify that someday at all, but well, like, you know, someday. put it out there to the universe and it'll make it happen yeah, you know i think that and if our really fans want to see it happen then they could come together and help it make it happen yes, too. yes and then everyone could sing along with the song oh my god that would be so much fun it oh would my be god so great. I, I, in that case i would do the video where we get the bouncing x <laughs> I just think it would be really great. I was thinking about it today when I was editing the episode for like no real reason. I was just like, it'd be really fun if we did a live show someday. I know. And it, someday we will. And we'll figure that out. Mm-hmm. But thank you, Elena, for singing the Mutant yes, Ages song to us. That was like a truly wonderful and special. And like, I think it makes Maddie feel really good because she wrote great. it. I, lo- I wrote that song and somebody called our show and sang a song I wrote to me because they does it, liked it. How does it, it feel, Maddie, when people sing your music? Like sometimes I, th- I sit there and I'm like, this is my final form. This is my final form. <laughs> and like by myself and the dog's like, what are you doing? You know, so. <laughs> That's really cute. I I don't know. It's very overwhelming and heartwarming to me to think that somebody else would sing yeah, a song Yeah, it's got to be wrote. different than when somebody reads like, it's different from like if somebody's like, oh, Ryan, I like your videos or mm-hmm. we follow your vlog to make more or they turn to you and they're like, we really like this article you wrote. You're like, oh, thank you. Yeah, it's different yeah. when somebody starts singing, singing your music. a song like, that you wrote. Yeah, there's nothing yeah. quite like it. I don't know. It feels amazing. I think that's really cool, honestly. It is really cool. Um, and I hope that someday the two of us can do a live show where we sing the songs at you and you can sing them with us too because I had so much fun writing those little theme songs and it's so great that other people enjoy them and like them and it's music is a great thing to share so hope i'm glad we can share it even long distance so that's really really great yeah thank you elena that was really special all right so before we finish up there is actually one more thing in here that i'm going to be contributing for every reader mail that we have so this is a surprise to you maddie great and it is i can guarantee you it's not as long as apocalypse and mr sinister because i'm not ever doing that again oh my god okay it's a fan fiction (laughs) no well sort of but no so this (laughs) is what i'm calling a it's does it it's we're gonna do a part per every reader mail episode and this is called the mutant ages the comic book (laughs) and it's called 
issue number one inconsistency consistency okay and it's it's short it's not okay that other story i read was like 10 pages i, I told you it was, like was short and i definitely lied <laughs> so that is not it what was is like happening 15 here minutes but it was also like the no best at this thing time ever. i was like i put a cap on like how far i would write because i was like okay if i write multiple of these then like they don't need to be forever mm-hmm. so anyway so into episode one maddie stood on stage at her favorite club out in europe somewhere we don't really know where it's just somewhere in europe and as we all know europe contains only gay clubs it was her first big one since performing in Muir Island's Mutant Favoring Bar. She had remembered how weird that place was. (laughs) (laughs) There was a lady who was killing all the plants by touching them, an avalanche and pyro constantly trying to fuck on the pool table. I miss those Her whole life had been weird, but this night, this was going to be different. As she played music up on stage with her magical-looking guitar and a pink dress that may as well have been her final form, (laughs) Ryan stood in the audience dancing and taking pictures. He had been having a very good time playing some retro arcade games in the corner, mostly distracting himself from whether or not he was going to drink alcohol and coming up with a million reasons why he could or couldn't do it, but nobody cared. So instead, he took pictures. Suddenly, the whole room started to shake. Ryan turned around to see a massive man in a white suit stomping around, dancing and hitting on ladies. They were all probably gay, so he didn't understand why this dude was hitting on them. He kept lifting up tables and swinging women around on them like they were on a ride at Six Flags. Mm -hmm. The dude was buff as hell, but he looked like a total nerd. Just then, a huge explosion hit the club. The walls shook and debris flew everywhere. The massive man started fighting two other men who were there to help who were there either to stop him or go on a date they were definitely wolverine and cyclops uh-huh. there were some other characters there too but honestly i don't remember the episode of episode well enough to care <laughs> damn it why can't i live a normal life maddie said annoyed on stage just then cyclops decided to open his eyes but not at anything other than the rooftop suddenly debris from the ceiling started to cave in a group of people just sat on the ground staring at the debris just screaming <laughs> no ryan shouted as he left forward snapshot he yelled he opened his eyes wide and there was a bright flash when the burning of the light was removed from the people's eyes they saw the debris floating above them they looked over at ryan what are you doing move you only have a few seconds ryan said not explaining what the fuck his eyes just did the people screamed and ran away because this whole situation was fucking weird rewind ryan shouted the debris then flew back up to the ceiling where it come from but only for a few seconds before crashing to the ground this is a great superpower <laughs> oh wait wait for it ryan wiped the sweat from his brow and then kissed his camera which he had kept saved he turned the camera around on himself with the chaos in the background he kicked clicked the record button hey guys i'm at the tequila sunrise <laughs> gay bar not to be confused with the flintstones gay bar i was just at in the amazon maddie and i are here because she is playing her first big set tonight and some crazy dude is going nuts in here ryan maddie shouted are you seriously vlogging right now before ryan could answer the big nerdy dude stopped on over to the to a girl who was trying to hide her underneath the table he grabbed her out without her permission started swinging her around let's dance baby he said the woman screamed but he didn't care maddie looked over at him an infuriated look crossing her face mm. she whipped out her guitar and started playing a bunch of music on it a pink glow surrounded her guitar and suddenly with an explosive force the pink energy blasted forward at the big dude and knocked him back at cyclops and wolverine yeah. who seemingly didn't notice any of this because logan was being a damsel in distress under a rock while cyclops had to save him <laughs> The big muscle dude ran through a wall and stood out the front entrance, leaving a huge gaping hole. Excellent. He's getting away. We need to get the crystal back to the professor, Cyclops <laughs> said in his goody two-shoes voice. <laughs> this dance ain't over, bub, Logan said, or something to that extent. He scratched his claws together, and the two ran out of the hole of the club, never to be seen again. <laughs> what the hell just happened, Maddie asked. I don't know, but it looks like Russian here because it's completely destroyed <laughs> like a wasteland, Ryan replied. Yeah. And that says, flash forward in time. 
It had been quite a few years since the weirdo accident at the gay club. It was never explained to the people what the hell any of that was. Maddie and Ryan sat outside a lovely little restaurant somewhere in Old Saybrook, Connecticut. A pant played in the background. It was a beautiful summer day at sunset. Aww. These fish and chips are really great, Maddie said. So is the salmon. I'm being healthy today and decided to eat this instead of a pizza, Ryan said. Should we get an ice cream next? <laughs> ice cream, obviously, Maddie replied. Ryan looked over at the band playing behind them. You know, you should try doing a solo career again, Ryan said. Ever since Robot Nights broke up, you seem like you need to make music again. Aww. Well, yeah. I've ran. I specifically placed this as to when the mutiny just started. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I've written a bunch of stuff, but I can't stop thinking about that weird gay club experience, Maddie replied. (laughs) (laughs) We could have been caught for using our superpowers. You were caught for using your powers, a woman's voice said from behind them. What the? Ryan started to begin to say. (laughs) A blonde... (laughs) That was there from our very original podcast. Uh, A blonde woman in all white and a ton of class sat down next to Maddie. She wore huge sunglasses and looked like a mean girl you did not want to mess with. She held a glass of wine in her hand. She also looked like her outfit barely covered her body, but Maddie just assumed it was because they were on the beach. Mm-hmm. Another woman then sat down next to Ryan. She wore cyberpunk glasses and had two long black veins covering her face. Just beneath her glasses, Ryan could see two tattoos coming down from the side of her eyes. She wore all black and placed a laptop onto the table and dumped a bunch of other tech all over the place. <laughs> Who are you, Ryan? Practically screamed. Well, subtly certainly isn't this one, the blonde woman said. I'm Emma Frost, and this is my associate, Sage. Yeah, well, I'm salmon because I'm eating salmon, Ryan responded. (laughs) He looked confused. Uh, Why are you sitting at our table? It's clearly occupied, Maddie asked, annoyed. We need your help, Sage said. We know exactly who you are and about your powers. Bullshit, Maddie said. Sage opened up her laptop. There was an image of Maddie. Madeline Myers. She prefers to be called Maddie and no other nickname except for her codename, Mitty. Journalist <laughs> and musician, she has the power to convert her music into concu- into concussive blasts, Sage read off the screen. I wish. Very Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Very similar to that tart Dazzler, Emma followed up. <laughs> yes, but unlike Dazzler, Maddie can't convert blasts of audio into beams of light. She cannot convert just any sound or music either. It only works with the music she plays herself, Sage followed up. Well, that certainly isn't limiting, Emma said, slightly annoyed. She looked bored. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell are you two doing? Googling my Wikipedia page? How the hell did you get that information? This is a huge invasion of my privacy. What are you, Google, Maddie demanded? (laughs) Hardly. You are a journalist and musician. It is not hard to find you, my darling, Emma responded. Do me next, Ryan said, a little too excited. What did you get when you Googled my name? I am honestly curious because I just launched a new website and have changed my YouTube channel three times and I am missing videos and I can't find them. Maybe you can? That's not why we're here, Sage responded. (laughs) Maddie's dying. Oh my god, it's too real. (laughs) That's not why we're here, Sage responded. She pulled up an image of Ryan. Your name is Ryan Pagella. You have used far too many aliases in the past and have changed your screen time 357 times. (laughs) That's accurate, Ryan responded. Ryan is a photographer, vlogger, and event manager. He also does marketing, but he hates it. He goes by the codename Snapshot and has the ability to record everything with his eyes, Sage continued. His powers prove to be interesting as he can freeze anything in his eyesight in a freeze frame momentarily. He also has the ability to rewind sequences, but only by a few seconds. He has not perfected fast forward. He can also project holograms of videos and images from his eyes. He cannot activate any of his powers without shouting the command. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's irritating, Emma commented. 
How does she know? Ryan whispered to Maddie. <laughs> we can still hear your voice, imbecile. You are quiet as a blowhorn, Emma said annoyed. <laughs> okay, cut to the chase. What do you two want? I've heard of you. You're with the X-Men, right? Emma Frost, Maddie asked. Of course you have. Everyone knows who I am, Emma responded. But enough about me and more about what you can do for me. Is it okay if I eat my salmon while you talk, Ryan asked. <laughs> <laughs> I am not honoring that with a response, Emma replied. We have come to you two because we are building a secret team. No, nope, nope. I'm not putting my life on the line gallivanting around being a superhero, Maddie instantly responded. I've seen the Avengers on TV and the X-Men. Shit just blows up wherever any of you go. And I was at a mall once, Ryan said. He paused. Everyone stared at him. Oh, and a bunch of giant robots showed up and destroyed the arcade. I was pretty mad. This is, <laughs> this is a great example of why we are here, Emma said. You see, we have noticed that there have been many inconsistencies with our reports, Sage said. Points that have not been explained to the public, nor to the X-Men. For instance, in the great swamp known as Louisiana, supposedly a magical goddess emerges from the depths of the swamps to stop the gains from fighting by being presented a butter dish. It simply doesn't make sense. Mm. I also would like to know how an idiot octopus man destroyed the entire country of Russia, Emma followed. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good question. And who exactly paid for rebuilding that mall that was destroyed, and why no one seems to remember, Sage said. The whole world is in disarray. There's no technology in Alaska. J- Japan seems to be stuck in the feudal era. It is the Renaissance period in Germany. And there is a strange city in the middle of Arizona, which seems to be the set of Westworld, but it's actually real life. <laughs> so what do you want us to do about it? Maddie asked. We are just two mutants who are battling anxiety and want to make art. That's precisely it. Emma responded. You two are not the X-Men or the Avengers or affiliated with any other superhero group. And the sage says, unfortunately, all of these inconsistencies in our timeline continue to build. We fear that if any of the X-Men or the Avengers know, it could set off a greater worldwide event. Sage said, the other day, Storm and Logan were telling us that they remember dating in another dimension. The bishop got mad and screamed something about time travel being real before storming off into some bushes. It was all very strange. (laughs) We think somebody is manipulating our timeline, Emma said. We think it's this man, Sage said, pulling up a picture of Mr. Sinister. <laughs> Sinister, Ryan said in a melodramatic voice. You know him, Maddie asked. No, I just read his name at the bottom of the page, Ryan replied. <laughs> we need a team <laughs> We need a team outside of the X-Men to investigate these strange occurrences that will respond directly to Sage or myself, Emma replied. We have named this team the Mutant Ages. Maddie and Ryan both gasped and looked directly at the camera. <laughs> I'm in, Ryan said excitedly. <laughs> I guess me too. I don't know when we'll have time because we do a million other things, but we really don't sleep, so I'm sure it'll work out, Maddie replied. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Not that the either of you ever had a choice in the matter, Emma responded. Sage will be in touch to give you your assignments. You may use my old Massachusetts Academy as your base of operations. I will visit you when I feel necessary. If you see any of the X-Men, don't tell them you know me. To prevent catastrophe in the timeline, Ryan asked. No, because I don't want to be seen associated with lower mutants like yourself, Emma said. She sipped her wine. (laughs) There are other mutant party members that you will need for your team. We have one in mind already. Recruiting him will be your first mission, Sage said. She pulled up an image of a professor. I believe you two know this, Doctor. Dramatic music played in the background as it slowly panned in on his face. Wait! Maddie started to shout, but it cut to credits. (laughs) Who is the Doctor Sage referred to? Is Mr. Sinister really pulling the strings behind these timeline disruptions? Who was that nerdy guy that wasn't the juggernaut? What happened to the butter dish? Do apple jacks taste like apples? Stay tuned for part two in the next reader mail. (laughs) Oh my god! That's amazing. 
Great job. Yeah. Great job. 10 minutes this job. time, not even. Last time it was like 20 minutes. I was like, don't worry, Maddie. It's a short email. And you were like counting it as it went no, along. This I one wasn't. was actually short. I loved it. And I love this too. This is great. And I think people are going to really enjoy this as it goes oh, along. So everybody's going to have their own superpowers, but I'm giving us kind of like weirdo superpowers that nobody else would ever have yeah so no, there is that i like it and also your superpower seems genuinely useful especially if you actually learn how to use it over the course of the story because oh, well, i hope so but i also hope you do too because you have the ability to play music and allow it to do whatever you want it to do that would be pretty <laughs> sick if i could just carry my guitar around and like fight bad guys like yeah i was gonna say wield it like a weapon yeah that would be really cool it already looks kind of like it should be a weapon it just isn't i know <laughs> it's just a well there's a chicken and, and um silverhawks who like rides around a surfboard and i think she has a guitar i don't know if she fights with it though cool man what a fun idea i i'm glad that there's going to be a fan fiction with our original characters who are just us also it would be really funny if it turned out that we were the ones fucking up the time stream since that's clearly what we're doing on this show but <laughs> let's go ahead and say that it's mr sinister that makes way more sense well, who knows we don't know anything maybe yet. mr sinister is bankrolling this podcast because finally that's we're true. making the x-men universe as queer as it was always meant to be from the jump and that's what he wants well i think i think patreon's bankrolling our podcast yeah, right. so there is that that is a good point that is who's bankrolling the show okay so first of all let's wrap this up and say if you want to email us your emails and ask us your questions you could do that by emailing it to the mutant ages at gmail.com and you can do this and we will read it on our mirror mail segments yeah, that will happen probably maybe was. once a month yeah uh, and we'll try to keep up with it um i'm thinking maybe once a month it depends on how much comes in mm -hmm. you can also call in at 1508-319-1668 or write into our actual mailbox which is p.o box 3344 in Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. Great job on all those things. And we will try to record a video soon with an unboxing of the physical mail. So if you send us physical mail, don't worry. We will eventually get to it. I know we haven't yet. And since we're in the plug section, we may as well say we also have a Discord server. And you should definitely we go do. to themutantages.com and look at that panel on the right side to find an invite link to join it so that you can hang out with people, talk about the show now that it's weekly, talk about X-Men comics that you're reading, whatever you want to do, talk about the gifted, talk about whatever you're into. That is the Discord channel for you to do that. And um, you know what else we got? We got every social media, every single one. We do. All of them. And you can find the Mutant Ages on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram. We're there. We're we're talking about Mr. Sinister. We're talking about the yeah. X-Men. All that content is there for you. Pretty much. And we're individually on those platforms as well. I'm at Mitty Myers on pretty much every platform ever. I'm at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and Ryan.Pagella on Instagram. But I also want to clarify, we do talk about the X-Men a lot on our Twitters, but we also talk a lot about like Resident Evil and now Final Fantasy fantasy that's become a thing have you noticed that you and i are both talking about final fantasy a whole well, lot for the first time in our lives game, so now you have to talk about final fantasy yeah, you know what's really funny is that we both are always like been like we're not really that into final fantasy but somehow we both play every game and then talk about it extensively so i think we just need to admit that we do enjoy the games on some level so there is that in it not like resident evil where no at least but mutants. if you play final fantasy 8 that at least kind of feels like the x-men because there's time travel that is real and lots of like you know student child soldiers yeah you and todd are really into that one i should like finally play it maybe this is the year yeah who can say yeah get on steam um you can also go to our youtube channel where you can see us play actual video games yes. like the x-men video games yes. we're trying to make our way through all of them there we've gone through the wolverine nes game one of the pc games i think a couple of the x-men nes games 
Uh, we just finished Ravages of the Apocalypse, which was the PC game that was referred to in this particular episode. Uh, that is over, and I don't think we will be revisiting that anytime soon, but you can see us trudge through that. <laughs> you can also see other things we make on there, like, you know, um, Demon is an X-Men parody that we did, but we also do all sorts of X-Men parody videos, and we do Mut the Mutant Ages animated, in which it's just kind of the cartoons are now commercials to the clips <laughs> of our show, and you can watch that as well. Yeah. And Ryan edits those together, and they're really great and worth a subscribe. So um, we should probably talk about the Patreon a little bit beyond just a cursory mention. So patreon.com slash the mutant ages is where you can go if you can afford to support the show. And we so appreciate the people who've been able to jump on board for that, especially now that we're weekly, especially during COVID, with this being one of Ryan's many wonderful sources of income. He appreciates it all the more. But you know what? I really, so do really, I. really, really do. Because we're both working very hard on the show, and we love that support, and we love being able to pay for hosting fees and video games and we're games grateful that we can continue comics. doing this show during covid so there is that yeah so that's super super helpful and we give you bonus episodes about like deadpool and captain marvel and other movies that we've or seen whatever whatever we, feel like we doing. want there's like one about the goonies in there like you can listen to those <laughs> there's like we've reread some of our old fictions on there yeah there's a bunch of cool bonus content on the patreon for people who can't afford to back us and we also have um, a $25 tier where we give people shout outs and I'm going to kick yeah. it over to you, Ryan, for that one. Yeah. Our $25 patron supporters include Soren B, Samuel B, and ENC. Yay. Thank you for being our top tier supported on the Mutant Ages. We really appreciate it, especially during these trying times. And we like continuing to make this content for as many years as it's going to go on for. So thank you so much. Yeah, we appreciate it. All of our backers are wonderful. Yes, you are. And also, please, please go review us on iTunes yes. or whatever you listen to the podcast on. And if you can also leave reviews on Facebook, that's really important. I forgot that's a thing oh, that you yeah. can do. But that also, all of that increases our visibility. So please uh, make sure that you can review it. And if you don't want to review it, you can either leave us a starring review and also tell your friends. Yeah, that just tell your friends cool about the show. There's this cool, horny X-Men TV show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what more could they want in life, honestly, other than a cool, horny X-Men show or just like a couple of queer horn dogs talking about the X-Men? I mean, I think that's what everybody well, it's wants one the same. out one of the, the same. show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. Uh, that's it for our plugs. And thank you for listening to this episode of our read email section. As I said, we're going to try and do it like monthly, but we'll see how it goes. I mean, honestly, who knows? Yeah, you who know? knows? We'll do it when we do them. Uh, keep writing if in, I sit keep there, calling it's Basically, me sitting there going like, Maddie, there's suddenly like 20 emails we need to read, so we should probably do this. Yeah, that'll so. be the timeline that we do it on, is when there's 20 emails that we need to read, we'll do another Maybe reader not. Maybe mail. we should like actually make it happen. I know. I would like to get it within a few weeks of everybody writing in, so yeah, we'll totally. figure it out. Cool. All right. So, we'll see you next time. See you next time. The Mutant Ages.